Please remain standing and turn your Bibles, please, to 2 Kings chapter 10. 2 Kings chapter 10. And again, we will uh, work uh, through the whole uh, chapter, but we will read at this time uh, some selected verses, beginning with verse 1. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote and sent letters to Samaria to the rulers of Jezreel, to the elders and to those who reared Ahab's sons, saying, Now as soon as this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you, and you have chariots and horses, a fortified city also, and weapons, choose the best qualified of your master's sons and set him on his father's throne and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid and said, Look, two kings could not stand up to him. How then can we stand? And he who was in charge of the house, and he who was in charge of the city, the elders also, and those who reared the sons, sent to Jehu, saying, We are your servants. We will do all you tell us, but we will not make anyone king. Do what is good in your sight. Then he wrote a second letter to them, saying, If you are for me and will obey my voice, take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me at Jezreel by this time tomorrow. Now the king's son, 70 persons, were with the great men of the city who were rearing them. So it was when the letter came to them that they took the king's sons and slaughtered 70 persons, put their heads in baskets, and sent them to him at Jezreel. Then a messenger came and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. And he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. So it was in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, You are righteous. Indeed, I conspired against my master and killed him. But who killed all these? Know now that nothing shall fall to the earth of the word, the Lord which, of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke by his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests until he left him none remaining. Now look at verse 17. And when he came to Samaria, he killed all who remained to Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed them according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. Then Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu acted deceptively with the intent of destroying the worshipers of Baal. Now verse 25. Now it happened, as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and kill them. Let no one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. Then the guards and the officers threw them out and went into the inner room of the temple of Baal. And they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple and Baal of Baal and burned them. Then they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and made it a refuge dump to this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal 
from Israel. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin, that is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight, and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, who had made Israel sin. And may God add his rich blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your word, and we pray that now you would come, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would hear the voice of our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, in our hearts, and hearing his voice, that his sheep would know him and follow him and offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Comeuppance Part 2. Tom Chaney had a better shot of getting away from Matty Ross than the house of Ahab had of getting away from Jehovah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, clearly you don't have true grit, so I'll move on. The Lord Jesus said, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Some time had passed since Ahab and Jezebel had carried out their nefarious scheme to wipe out the true religion of the Lord and exterminate his true prophets. It had been years since Naboth was murdered, his property stolen, and his children massacred. The Lord has borne long with his suffering servants, but the time for sudden vengeance has come. In the previous chapter, we saw the comeuppance against Jezebel and the house of Ahab begin. Now, in this chapter, we see the complete systematic execution of Jehovah's vengeance. Let's get to it. First in this passage, we see the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord. Look at verse 30. And the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Now here towards the end of this chapter, the Lord commends Jehu. He gives him an attaboy, so to speak. He promises Jehu that his sons will sit on the throne to the fourth generation. The Lord tells Jehu that he did well. You have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart. So we see here in this passage a revelation of the heart of God. Jehu did what the Lord had in his heart to do to the house of Ahab. 
So what did the Lord have in his heart for the house of Ahab? First, in verses 1 to 11, we read that Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria. Now, son would mean descendants, but that's still quite prolific. But Jehu, who had just killed off Jezebel, and then Joram, you remember Ahab's son, who was the king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, whose grandfather on his mother's side was Ahab. This Jehu, who had killed them all off, he now sends letters to the leaders in Jezreel and those who had raised the descendants of Ahab. Look at verse 2. Now as soon as this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you and you have chariots and horses, a fortified city also and weapons, choose the best qualified of your master's sons, set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. Jehu is issuing a challenge. I have killed off the successor to Ahab, so y'all send out the next ones to fight me. But they have no stomach for battle. So instead, they send a message back to Jehu. Look, we don't want to fight you. We'll do whatever you want. So Jehu sends them a second letter. If you are for me and will obey me, Take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me at Jezreel by this time tomorrow. So they do what he said. They chop off the heads of all 70 of Ahab's descendants, put them in baskets, and send them to Jehu at Jezreel. Look at verse 10. This is Jehu speaking. Know now that nothing shall fall to the earth of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke by his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests until he left him none remaining. Jehu says that the word of the Lord to Elijah is being fulfilled. Now we saw it last time. We were reminded that the Lord had told Elijah long ago that Jehu would destroy the house of Ahab with a sword. Nothing the Lord said shall fall to the earth. So the 70 descendants of Ahab are beheaded. Then we read in verse 11, Jehu kills all else who are left. Great men, close acquaintances, and priests of Ahab. He leaves none. Second, in verses 12 to 14... Jehu encounters the 42 brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah and grandson of Ahab that he killed in the previous chapter. 
the brothers of Ahaziah, they could not possibly have all been Athaliah's biological sons, but they're very much loyal to Ahab. Look at verse 13. Jehu met with the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? So they answered, We're the brothers of Ahaziah. We've come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. They're talking about the 70 boys that just got decapitated. Obviously, they don't know of their fate. And of course, the queen mother they speak of is Jezebel. Jehu then gives an order to take them alive. So his men do take them alive and then promptly kill them. Third, Jehu encounters a man named Jehonadab, son of Rechab. Now there's more about that clan of folks in the book of Jeremiah, but that's for another day. But Jehu and Jehonadab have a peaceful meeting and Jehu invites Jonadab to come ride with him in his chariot. Look at verse 16. Then he, that's Jehu, said, he's talking to Jehonadab, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they had him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he killed all who remained to Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed them. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke, to Elijah, whoever was left to Ahab at that point, after all these other executions, Jehu polished them off too. Now he says, you see in verse 16, that that's his zeal for the Lord. Now we might be a little suspicious. After all, it was to his own political advantage to wipe out any other possible contenders for the throne. But there was clearly at the very least an element in his claim that he did it out of zeal for the Lord because the Lord congratulates him on a job well done in verse 30. This was what the Lord had in his heart to do to the house of Ahab. That's a lot of killing. Why would the Lord have it in his heart to kill so many people? Well, that's simple. It's because they needed to die. You know, to me, the dumbest scene in a movie... And the movie is magnificent, but to my thinking, the scene is idiotic. Is in Saving Private Ryan. When the squad takes out the German machine gun nest, right after that, they let that German prisoner go. That scene is as unrealistic as the Normandy landing scene, if you know what I'm talking about, is realistic. Common sense would tell you that if you turn an enemy combatant loose, he will get back to his line and kill more of your guys, which is exactly what he did. 
Now, one man said it violates the Geneva Convention to shoot a prisoner of war. Well, guess what? Nobody from Geneva was there to see it. The point is, either you can kill him or he will kill you. It's that simple. We know what kind of people Ahab and Jezebel were. The earth needed to be cleansed of their gene pool or it's only a matter of time before more righteous people would die. In the words of my wife, they killed more of God's people than God killed of them. Now the point of this message is not for us to go out and kill anybody. Jehu had direct orders from the Lord to kill. We do not. But we do have orders to kill. Every child of God, every one of us, has orders to kill. Book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. And following says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Those are our orders to kill. The heart of the Lord is the complete destruction of sin. The sin that was the house of Ahab and Jezebel. And sin even in us. In our own members, Colossians 3, 5. Sin in our own flesh, in our minds and hearts, God has given us orders to kill it. Kill it. Or it will kill us. That's the heart of the Lord. Secondly, in this passage, we see the end of Baal. Look at verse 18. The end of Baal. Verse 18. Then Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu acted deceptively with the intent of destroying the worshipers of Baal. So Jehu tells them he's going to have a great service of worship offering for Baal. He gets all the, the Baalists in the temple of Baal. There's no record of how big the temple was, but the text says the place was packed. Wall to wall, end to end. 
Jehu gave instruction to give the worshipers of Baal special robes or vestments in case they escaped what he had waiting for them, they could easily be identified by what they were wearing. Now look at verse 25. Now it happened as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, go in and kill them. Let no one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. Then the guards and officers threw them out and went into the inner room of the temple of Baal. And they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple of Baal and burned them. Then they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and made it a refuse dump to this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal from Israel. So they killed off the faithful of Baal, destroyed the temple of Baal, and turned the spot where the temple of Baal had stood into a public latrine. Thus, Jehu destroyed Baal from Israel how the tables have turned from Jezebel's heyday when it was the worshipers of Jehovah who were the endangered species and Baalism was the dominant religion. Now Baal is destroyed from Israel. So we see the heart of the Lord. We see the end of Baal. And thirdly and finally, in this passage, we see the evaluation of Jehu. The evaluation of Jehu. Look at verse 29. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. That is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam who had made Israel sin. And to be honest, for me personally, Jehu is one of my favorite people in all the Bible. <laughs> it may disturb you to think that, but it's true. I really like him. He brought the hammer down on Ahab and Jezebel's house and on the house of Baal. He didn't mess around. He got it done. But here we read that he didn't get it all done. See, Jehu's a, a mixed bag. Verses 29 to 31 are like a sandwich. Verse 30 in the middle the Lord tells him, well done for what you did to Ahab, his family, and Baal. 
But before that, in verse 29, it says that while he destroyed Baal, he kept following the old golden bull idols that Jeroboam had made so long ago. And again, after the positive comment, in verse 30, he goes on in verse 31 to, to reemphasize Jehu's idolatry. And look at verse 32. In those days, the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. And Haziel conquered them in all territory of Israel. So now in the end, the same God who raised up Jehu to bring judgment on the house of Ahab raises up Haziel, king of Syria, to bring judgment on Jehu. The Lord used him. But in the final analysis, Jehu is at best ambiguous. Our Lord Jesus warned us. Many will say to me, in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jehu was a righteous crusader against Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. But in the end, we don't really know where he stood with the Lord. We don't need to know where he stood with the Lord. We are not on that committee. But let it be a warning to us all. Jesus said, many will say to me in the judgment, I did great things in your name. But he will say, I never knew you. Go to hell. Jesus says we cannot serve two masters. Jehu got rid of the worst idol, but he didn't get rid of all the idols. There's only one God who is real, one God who can save. Jesus says get rid of all the others, not just the super bad ones. Get rid of all of them. There's only one God who took on flesh and entered this world to live in your place, to die in your place and rise in your place that you may be raised with Him. That's Jesus Christ. 
And the Scripture says He is the only God. And He Himself is the eternal life. Kill all the idols. All of them. The dearest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from its throne and worship only thee. And trust yourself to Jesus Christ and Him alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.